Welcome to the Stand Up Tragedy Podcast. My name's Dave and I'm your host. In today's episode, rather than playing you the full performance, you're going to get extracts. And that's because the last Stand Up Tragedy had hour-long performances. So rather than giving you an episode that's far too long, instead, we're giving you a taster of two shows that you could see at the Edinburgh Festival. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stand Up Tragedy. My name's Dave and I'm your host. Stand Up Tragedy is going up to the Edinburgh Festival and we're doing lots of things. Normally it's a variety show, but not tonight. Tonight it's a preview of a couple of solo shows. Tonight we're going to be previewing my solo show, uh, my first ever solo show. And it's the first time I've ever done it in front of an audience. And then the second show of the night is, uh, is going to be amazing, and that's Matilda Gregory's How to Be Fat. So that's coming up later. Um, but my show is called What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I need a round of applause or whatever, but, I mean, welcome to the stage, Dave. All genders are very welcome in this space, but this show is addressed to men. All men, myself included. Dear men, I'm 13 years old and it's late at night. My mum has been drinking gin. She's sitting at the end of the table crying. I ask her what's wrong and she begins to shout. I don't remember everything she said, but I remember some of the things. She said that she hated herself. She said nobody loved her. She said that she hated men, that men were responsible for everything that had ever hurt her. She said that men were like a cancer. She said that men were to blame for everything bad in the world. She said that men couldn't help themselves. It was in their nature. And I said, what about me? And she replied by saying, even you. She told her son that he was evil that he was wrong, that whatever he did, he could only end up hurting people, that he would only ever be able to cause the kind of pain to women that she was experiencing. And I believed her. It joined with lots of other things that I hated about myself and became part of a stick that I would beat myself with. My gender was poison. Everything was my fault. Researching this show, I put together a survey about being a man and a thousand men filled it in. The responses were varied and powerful and surprising and depressing and inspiring and moving. This show is my response. Before I go on, I just want to signpost some things for you. I will be talking about violence, abuse, sexual assault, rape, systematic bullying, mental health issues and suicide. Please feel free to leave now if those are things you don't want to hear about today. But if you do, come back in an hour because there's another good show after. As someone who has been hurt by quite a few words, I'd rather that my words don't hurt anybody. One word for me is man. People have often told me to be a man. People have frequently suggested that I man up. I don't think I've ever been described as a real man, but I am real and I am a man. It's my gender, and love it or hate it, and I've been known to hate it pretty strongly. It's the one I was born with, and the one that fits with what I feel I am, which is a privilege, as well as a deep pit of self-loathing and shame. During this show, I'm going to throw words at you. 
Some may not be familiar, but hopefully by the end of this hour, they will just be words, yours to use if they communicate something that you want to say. I won't explain all of them, but if you want more explanation, there'll be further reading available to you at the end. How to mansplain mansplaining. It's a form of communication inflicted on women by men. It's men explaining things to women that they already know. Often it's men explaining what the experience of being a woman is like to a woman. Or it's a man explaining what that woman's area of expertise is to a woman. Mansplaining isn't part of a conversation. It's an attempt to reframe it completely and to take charge of it. It's a thing that happens. I've seen it. I'm sure at times I have done it. It isn't limited to men. Explaining people's experience to them is something that people do to each other all the time. People white-splain, people poor-splain, people splain physical and mental health issues. I've been splained too. While making this show, I've experienced quite a lot of mansplaining and also some woman-splaining. Now, some of you may be thinking, not all men. If a teacher tells everyone to be quiet and you're a child who hasn't been making any noise, do you say, I wasn't talking? Or do you instead encourage your peers to stop making noise and ruining things for everyone? Not all men is something that men say to women who are complaining that men as a group do something to them. It's an irritating and derailing thing to say. But it contains a truth within it because men are not a unified group. We are diverse. Some men are working class. Some men are men of colour. Some men are trans. Some men are gay. Some men are effeminate. Some men are disabled. We're not all the same. Accepting the gender binary and the prisons that it creates for us is not the answer. Not all men are like anything, but men collectively are socialised to act in certain ways. These things are both true. The other response that women often receive when they try to talk about their experience is, what about the men? And that's the question that I'm going to be asking for the rest of this show, I'm afraid. It's a question that's been asked by many people before, mostly by men and mostly on the internet. It's a question that's asked so frequently, generally to the wrong people and at the wrong times, that it's become a meme, a cliche and a real obstacle to getting any kind of an answer. We won't be getting an answer today. I'm not even sure there is an answer. I suspect that it's a question based on a false premise. I mean, what even is a man? The word men is not a static thing. It's a concept that shifts about, that means different things in different people's mouths. When I'm talking about men and masculinity today, are we primarily talking about gender? Men as a socially constructed concept, masculinity as an ideology. Gender and sex are intertwined, and sex is a biological concept, and people often say that it's fixed or clear-cut. But biology is the name that we give our evolving understanding of nature. A lot of modern biology, looking at humans on a on chromosomal level, suggests that the bi binary way that we think of sex is wrong. There may be six or more sexes, but at the very least, there's lots of variety in how the three fully accepted sexes of man, woman and intersex experience the world. I hope that over this hour, I don't reinforce gender or sex binaries, but I suspect in some ways I will. It takes time to change our understanding. It takes time to unpick. 
Simplification and generalization are some of the things words do. Standing here in a summer dress and a fedora, I risk my words not being taken seriously. But that's okay. I don't think that we should always take things seriously, especially me. But I'm not wearing this dress as a joke. I'm wearing it because when the summer comes and I see women wearing summer dresses, I always feel envious. Walking the streets in the baking sun in my jeans, I look at women and wish that I could wear a dress. And every year I consider doing so, and every year I don't because I'm afraid of the abuse and stigma that a man wearing a dress will receive. This is my show. I've got a hashtag for the show, which is how to be fat. And if you want to tweet about the show, if you use that hashtag, I'll definitely find you. So that's quite nice. How to be fat is happening from the 7th to the 30th of August at the Zoo Southside. It starts at 6.55 and it's £7.50 to get in. Thin people can say they're fat. Thin people, they can say that they're fat. Thin people can say, oh, I'm so fat. And then everyone around them gets to say, oh, no, 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 you're not fat. And that's fun for everyone. (laughs) Especially fat people. We love that. We love it when you do that when we're there. When you can literally see us. It's great. It's... Thin people can tell you that they're fat, and then if you're really lucky, after you've told them that they're not fat, they can then tell you at length all the things that they do in order to not be fat. You know, like, they can say, oh, you know, I only eat salmon. (laughs) Or walls. Or I only eat when I'm in a war zone. No, it's great because you can, when you're in a war zone, you can eat whatever you like. When you're not in a war zone, you fast. It's brilliant. I mean, sometimes it goes a bit wrong because you'll find that when you're in a war zone, um, you overeat. Because surprisingly, fasting makes you really hungry. And then you end up sort of eating the same amount of food that you would have eaten anyway, but in a really inconvenient, contrived, and annoying way. But it's not a flawed diet, it's great. Just, you know, just iron it out. Just, you know, don't go crazy. You know, just just get used to the idea that you can't eat unless you're in a war zone. But when you're in a war zone, you can eat whatever you like, but don't go crazy. That's, That's the rules of that. And these people will explain to you at great length all the things they do in order to not be fat, all the things that they love to do in order to not be fat. Like, you know, I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I poke myself in the eye And I hate it, but what's the alternative? They will say to you, being able to see your body, what's the alternative, they will say. And you'll be there. What's the alternative? What could it possibly be? What could the alternative... I don't know, what is the alternative? And of course, you can't actually say that the alternative is your body because that would involve a fat person actually acknowledging that they're fat, and that can never happen. The thing about thin people telling you all the things they do in order to not be fat... It's really difficult sometimes not to hear a sort of hidden message in what they're saying. When they're saying, you know, listen, hi, here are all the things I do in order to not be fat. 
Perhaps you'd like to listen to me telling them to you, fat person. Perhaps you'd like to hear all the things I do in order to not be fat. Here's a list of them. Here's what I'm doing in order to not be fat. Perhaps you could listen to them. Perhaps you could maybe listen to some of the things that a person can do in order to not be fat. Do you know what they are? Do you know what the things are that a person can do in order to not be fat? Because you're so fat, you probably don't actually know. So I'm telling you them now in the hope that maybe you would maybe do... Could you just do them? Could you just do the thing? Could you just stop being so fat where I can see? Could you just stop being so fucking fat? I may have internalised a few things. Go and see her show in Edinburgh. Tell people about her show. It's in a paid venue, so uh, it's even more special than uh, my show. Uh, but my show is in a free venue, so that's on at 12.05 at the Cabaret Voltaire. Also, tell people about that, please. Uh, and the hashtag for my one is Mansurvey. This show's been put on as part of like stand-up tragedies pre-Edinburgh season. If you don't know about stand-up tragedy, I'm going to tell you about it very quickly now. Uh, stand-up tragedy is a night where people stand up and do tragedy. We have comedians, spoken word artists, storytellers, musicians and more who do what they think tragedy means. So they'll, you laugh until you cry and you cry until you laugh. And what we try and do is make a safe space to talk about unsafe things, which is why tonight was really appropriate. I mean, I think uh, Matilda's show and my show are both about uh, unsafe things in hopefully a safe space. And you were a brilliant audience for that and you, were, and you made the safe really space. So give, your, give yourself a round of applause for that. This is the last episode of the Stand Up Tragedy podcast that you'll hear before our Edinburgh season begins. The next episode will be in two weeks' time and it will probably be the first night of our Edinburgh experience because that's the thing. Once Edinburgh starts, we'll be putting out audio really regularly, but it's going to be hard to say exactly when because it's a chaotic experience. I'm doing two shows. My sound engineer, Half, is doing two shows and he's also teching the entire free fringe. So it's going to be hard to say when the episodes will come out, but what we can definitely say is that they're going to be really great episodes because this year, Stand Up Tragedy is taking a mini festival of tragedy up to Edinburgh as well as 12 standard editions of the show we're also having some guest hosts taking over the show and curating their own lineups of tragedy so many amazing things happening check out our website www.standuptragedy.co.uk for more information about that and for more information about my solo show which Stand Up Tragedy is also producing and the special episodes of the Getting Better Acquainted podcast which I'm doing up there in conversation with some of our guest hosts on top of that our sister show Spark is doing true storytelling for a week at the end of the festival so find out about that as well on our website the other website I want to direct you to is the website for my show, which also contains all of the results of the survey that I did as part of the research for it, which is www.mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk. My solo show is at 12.05 at Cabaret Voltaire every day, apart from Mondays from the 8th till the 30th of August, and Stand Up Tragedy will be at 7.30 in the Banshee Labyrinth every day, apart from Tuesdays when, in its place, we'll be getting better acquainted. 
Everything that Stand Up Tragedy is doing in Edinburgh is part of the PBH Free Fringe. So it's completely free to come to any of our events. And if you enjoy it, at the end, you can pay what you think that it was worth. And I hope and think that you will think it is worth quite a lot. But you pay what you can afford. That's one of the things that's great about the Free Fringe. It's open to everyone. This podcast is also free. And if you enjoy it and you enjoy what Stand Up Tragedy does then there's a different way that you can pay us back which doesn't involve money. It involves you sharing us, telling people about us, telling everyone you know what we're doing in Edinburgh, anyone you know who's going up to Edinburgh, tell them what we're doing. Spread the word on social media and really let's get as many people along to the tragedy that we can. The hashtag we're going to be using in Edinburgh is Tragic Moments. If you have a tragic moment in Edinburgh, please share that and tell people about the show by using that hashtag this is the time when we need your support to spread the tragedy far and wide why not share your favorite past episodes of the podcast and tell people about us that way if you want to tag us we are stand up tragedy on facebook you can make friends with the tragedy we are also stand up for tragedy the number four on twitter follow the tragedy Make friends with the tragedy, like the tragedy, all of that stuff. Tell people about what we're doing. It's going to be an amazing August filled with tragedy that you can hear online through our podcast or if you're in the Edinburgh Festival, you can see it for free. A different lineup every night, so much going on. If you come to our show, you get to see five amazing performers and those performers probably have shows so you get to find out which shows you want to watch if you come and see them at Stand Up Tragedy. So I'll be back in two weeks time but for now the tragedy is This podcast has been produced by me with sound production from Stephen Harvey with music at the beginning from Sam Wilkinson and playing us out with The Tragedy Is Over, George Brufton and the reaction. Is over.